Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome back to our lovely listeners. In today's episode, we will be exploring how a woman reconnects with herself in mind, body, and spirit after having children. And our guest today is Dr. Destiny Spurl. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Madeline. I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. And I thought maybe the best place we could start is if you could maybe tell us a little bit about you. Um, Of course, you're a doctor of naturopathic medicine. So I thought we could talk a little bit about, um, you know, what got you started in that. And then we'll continue the conversation on. Sure thing. So I'm Destiny Spurl. I am a mom of three young boys under seven. I'm the wife of a medical doctor, a naturopathic doctor myself, and co-founder of the Feminine Energy Code. So that gives you kind of a, a number of the hats that I wear. Absolutely. What, uh, what made you decide, you know, naturopathy? Gosh, naturopathic medicine. Uh, that decision was such a natural decision for me, I think because Really, the route was convol- like, not convoluted. It was direct. It looks convoluted on paper in that um, I started off with an undergrad and respiratory therapy. And I knew from my personal experience um, in dealing with my, my own symptoms natu- naturally through university and through watching, um, specifically my grandfather. My grandfather had severe asthma at a time where no one really did natural things and Um, conventional treatments weren't anywhere where they are now and watching the difference that simple dietary changes in him that was the biggest thing for him could make and then experiencing a similar thing with myself in IBS in university um, when I got into respiratory therapy I loved it but I couldn't shake the feeling that I was I was operating way too far down the line and that there was so much that we could do for so many people way earlier to help them live a better life Awesome. Well, exactly. Uh, the whole theme of this podcast, right? Um, so, uh, you know, you and I, you know, had chatted at a, at a wellness summit. Uh, so, uh, you know, we started talking about that your work somehow changed into working with ambitious moms, or at least that became uh, an area of interest for you in your practice. So tell us a little bit about, you know, that aspect of your practice. Yes, 100%. So as many of us experience, what we experience in our own lives largely shapes our focus and where we feel our passion for helping other people, right? And um, many of us, we walk through life collecting responsibilities and our life changes and adapts. It doesn't stay constant. And so unless our coping strategies and the way that we operate and navigate changes with that, then our coping strategies, they run out. And um, I, 
I'll share just a couple of key points in a, in a story where that really hit home for me. Um, I myself am, I had my first son in medical school. I had my, in naturopathic medical school, I had my second son um, before I started practice and I started into naturopathic practice and was doing all the things, right? Like collecting all the certifications, doing all the things to build up the practice and uh, my husband was working 50 to 80 hour weeks and you know we're going through the motions and surviving as people do um, and you know we crafted this life and I was doing things that I loved like I loved being with my kids I loved being with my work um, but everything was getting too much and thus not enough at the same time um, but still you know we can float in that discomfort for quite a long time and it wasn't really until um, a series of events so we were pregnant with our third child and our son who was two at the time was unexpectedly hospitalized um, for about two months um, with zero answers of what was happening and a lot of scary moments and um, really we didn't know when we were going home until the day that we went home. And then we didn't know if we were going back. Um, and that pause as painful as it was, was a real shaker to the way that we were living our lives. Cause when we were finally discharged from the hospital and I was almost ready to give birth and my husband had used all his time off, my practice had basically disintegrated. Uh, you're left with none of the things that you identified with before, right? So now I wasn't operating as an naturopathic doctor. Now all the plans that I had laid out had fallen away. Now I didn't have my husband's support and we hadn't planned to have any in-home caregiving support because my middle son was supposed to be in school. But at that point he was too traumatized to go, not to school, but to preschool, right? He wouldn't leave the room that I was in because of the experiences he had had. Um, and then on top of that, then my third son arrived, right? That's a lot. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. And we all, I mean, we all have our own version of our own stories. This is just my story, but we all have a story where we reach that point, our own tipping point where, you know, we may have been balancing this life, this act that we've been living, but um, when we get close, when we're doing it close to the edge and then something else and then something else and something else happens, we fall, right? Um, and it forces us to have to adapt. So, you know, I was like, okay, so I'm not in practice. I'm going to focus on my family. I've got these three kids. I can do this. Um, and how confronting is it when you think, okay, I can do this. And then you're struggling. Like my identity was so wrapped in all of the things I, I did before in my practice and academics and and uh, and then all of a sudden, I'm fully focused at home with my three kids. I'm exhausted, like unable to consistently implement any of the things that I know can help. And I can't tell you how many days, Madeline, that I would be just done at the end of the day. And then my husband would text me on the way home from work and say, I hope your day's gone okay. I'm not doing very well at all. I'm completely exhausted and I wish I could help you tonight, but I can't, I'm going straight to bed at like 5 PM. Right. Yeah. Um, and the feeling of defeat is that feeling of defeat. So there's there, but there's a specific moment one Saturday when um, I 
stole away to go shower by myself, like locked the door, you know how this goes, left my husband with the three kids. Oh yeah. And, and I, right. This is what we do. Um, I went in the washroom and I looked in the mirror and I took my game face off. Like I just looked in the mirror and it frightened me. Like I get tears in my eyes thinking about what the reflection that I saw back at me because I felt just haggard, like exhausted, but worse than physically exhausted, I felt so lost. Right. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know who I was really because I was trying so frantically to keep up didn't feel like I was, tried to lower my standards, no longer felt proud of myself, didn't know how I identified. Um, and that, that was really the moment where I looked at myself and I, it, from that point on, it became my mission, really truly my mission to find my footing again. The person in the mirror was not the person that I had known myself to be. I knew myself as someone who could make confident decisions, who was capable of navigating, who could succumb challenges. And this was not the person that I was seeing staring back at me. That must have been a, a, a very challenging um, moment. It's a paradox because it's in that most challenging moment that it almost starbursts into the most positive mo- Like, how could you feel such a, two different intense emotions of knowing this is not where I want to be. And then having that feeling of, I'm going to make, I'm going to change this. I'm, I'm going to become the person I know I can be. Mm-hmm. Starburst is a great word. And, you know, we try, it's not like we're not trying before we reach that moment, but it's, it's when we hit whatever that, that bottom is for, for us where, it doesn't matter how little energy we have. It's either you give up or you, this is now your, like your job, like your focus where this is where you are pr- placing the priority. How can it shift? Well, that's just it. It's, it's being able to look at our life and then be able to prioritize. And, and it's interesting because there was a, there was a thing at the summit that like, you know, really, has stuck with me uh, for the last few weeks. And and that's, you know, uh, time ownership versus time management. We're so focused on just managing status quo that there's no energy or room left for growth and, you know, release, you know, becoming the person that we want to be. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it requires sometimes hitting that bottom to say, okay, this is a priority now. Yeah. Cause the systems like time management is a system, right? Time ownership is when you're placing, you're creating systems around what is in alignment for you. Like there's a big difference there. Right. And so, so you're crafting something that's right for you. You're not just managing the time that you have. Exactly. You're, you're creating, you're, basically becoming the artist of your life and you're choosing the colors and where they're going to go. And then, you know, trying to work the remaining time to fit in the things that need to get done. Right. Yes. Yes. Completely reverse engineering your time. Right. 
essentially for sure and i think this is not an uncommon story i mean the the details of the story will be different but Mm -hmm. there's a common theme of you know moms trying to do it all and burning out totally why do you why you know why do you think that's happened like why what why are we doing that to ourselves (laughs) oh my goodness there's so so many reasons, right? There's so many reasons. Maybe why we, we do this. maybe we could, you know, we'll 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 just take one and unfold. I've got a couple that I'll okay. highlight. How about how we'll okay. start there? I think um, this is I, you know, I used to always focus on this piece of history because I feel like you know it's not us as individuals. This is this has been crafted over time and over history. This is our our the history of women of our time. We're not alone in this whatsoever. Our generation, you know, our parents and our grandparents were really in the, the feminist movement time, which was important and it was necessary. Some of the messages that come out of that, you know, when the pendulum swings, it's going to swing a little too far before it comes back to balance. And in some places it hasn't swung far enough, but in others it has overswung. And some of those places are the message that, you can do it all. You can do anything you want. Like we can do anything as women and we can, we can do anything as women, but we can't do it all at the same time. Right. Right. So I, you know, I, I don't know if you experienced this as when you were a kid, but it feels like in our generation and our generation being like the millennial span. Yeah. Um, that's, that's been a pervasive message. You can do anything you want. You can do it all. You can have it all, but not all at the same time. The other thing that I think that's come out of that as well is shifting where we place value. So in essence, proving ourselves became proving ourselves. I'll come back to contextualizing this a little bit more, but proving ourselves in the realm of the masculine. And I don't mean men, I mean masculine and feminine qualities, right? So just one difference that we see between feminine and masculine qualities is that masculine qualities tend to be a little bit more um, tangible, right? Like measurable or physical or noticeable in our society. Our society places a lot of emphasis on and value on um, masculine qualities, you know, like logical, rational. Productive. Smart, smart, smart goals, right? Smart goals that smart are goals. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. But in that, um, particularly in the Western world, we've really moved away from recognizing the value in the feminine qualities, in nurture, in holding space, in empathy, in connection, in working together, and in a lot of the invisible work, right? Yes. And it, it doesn't matter who is doing it, whether a man is doing it or a woman's doing it, we all have our each unique balance of our feminine and masculine characteristics. But what happens is if we devalue, you know, feminine characteristics, qualities, or metrics, we're essentially ignoring this whole part, this whole productive part of ourselves. And we're, we're pushing, we're overemphasizing these, these masculine characteristics and forgetting to recognize the value in all the other things that we're doing. Right. Absolutely. So so then we, we push and we push and we push and we push to be enough. And unless we actually know in some, not, I mean, 
know in our soul know like not with some you know new number or bar but know what actually is enough like what is enough then we'll never stop we just keep going and we keep going right it's like chasing the horizon right um you have a goal and you attain that goal but then as you attain the one goal you have the next goal and you never really stop to pause to see like how far you've come and Mm -hmm. celebrate the you know celebrate the wins is like always kind of chasing after you know the next thing and you're right like when is enough Mm -hmm. and chasing is great but celebrating is essential to be able to fuel that chase right and when we chase things that are you know these these markers external to ourselves and forget to look at our own you know our own internal metrics our own personal priorities our own truth as our metrics, then we will never reach enough. Right. Um, well, because being enough goes just beyond having enough. Yes. And it yeah. sinks in a lot deeper and it's in the emotional and existential and spiritual realms that, you know, we sort of maybe perhaps under focus those aspects within the holistic picture of wellness, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The intangibles, right? It's not innate to our society to place value on the intangibles. Absolutely. Let's talk about boundaries because I think mm-hmm. part of this is, uh, you know, how do we as women, um, you know, set boundaries, especially, you know, if we're business women, um, you know, caregivers, uh, there's so many different aspects. With all the hats we wear. <laughs> yeah, we wear a lot of hats. And like, how do we set boundaries? Um, yeah, let, let, let's go there. Totally. You know, I think a lot of us experience that word, like boundaries as bitchy, right? Like the word feels like it's, I don't know, in some way selfish or icky, right? Um like this thing that we have to create and it's going to be uncomfortable for other people and people are going to try and cross it. But I think really that that's because we commonly establish boundaries reactively. Like once we notice that they've been pushed too far, that line's been crossed. And once we realize that and we know where that line is clear as day, we tend to stand on the line, like arms folded with the stance of like, you're not going to cross here. No one's going past here. And it's not that we're actually physically standing that way. I'm sure on the outside, we have this sweet little smile on our face, but inside that's the feeling behind it. Right. Um, But when we know, like nobody can know our boundaries except us. Like we have to tune in, nurture, cultivate, and communicate that. I cannot expect my seven-year-old, my four-year-old, nor my three-year-old to have any idea when they have crossed the line with me. Right. Even my partner who, he's on the autism spectrum. It's not very, his lines are totally different than mine. And when I, I say he's on the autism spectrum, that just means that that accentuates a lot of these things that happen in everybody's relationships. Right. So it stands out a little bit more, but we all experience it to some degree. People can't know our boundaries except ourselves. And if we don't know them, how can anyone else know them? Um, so what do we do with that? Right. When we, when we have, um, I think 
when we really understand that having clear and firm boundaries that we respect ourselves relentlessly as the key to being our most generous self, it no longer feels bitchy, right? We can feel like we're overflowing with compassion as we stand on the line of our limits. And Brene Brown, of course, love Brene Brown, has this quote, and it's compassionate people ask for what they need. They say no when they need to. And when they say yes, they mean it. They're compassionate because their boundaries keep them out of resentment. Wow. Right? I, I love Brene Brown, by the way. Uh, and it's a beautiful quote. So thank you. Another for one. Oh, it's one of my favorites, but another one, I can't, I can't even tell you who said it, but it just makes me laugh because it's so true. It's simply, it's hard to be nice when you're frantic and saying the same thing, just, you know, bluntly, like it's true, unless we actually have our lines clear so that we're not in frantic mode, we can't be these kind, compassionate, generous, loving, nurturing people. Well, we can't show up as our best self, right? We're more than likely running on our defaults and yeah. our, some of our defaults may not be the thing that we, you know, smile about when we look, ourse- when we look at ourselves in the mirror, right? Like, so, you know, yeah. it's not everybody's got a default modes that they, you know, don't like. And when you're tired, mm-hmm. your brain's going to go to the path of least resistance even though that's not your intent, maybe that is not your, you you know, we don't intend to snap at people we love or, um, you know, fall short on some aspect or some commitment that we've made. It's just, we were tired. Yeah. Yeah. And when we're playing close to that line and when those lines are really blurry, that's going to happen a lot more regularly. Right. Absolutely takes energy it takes some some baseline energy to consciously navigate our defaults absolutely so uh, you know let's let's maybe dive into like what are either some tools or resources that have helped you um align yourself back to yourself right yes because that is what we want to do, to not feel so burnt out and exhausted and to have clear boundaries, right? I talk a lot about tuning into our truth, tuning into our metrics um, as the means to be able to rebuild our energy from the core, right? Yes, the systems, yes, the physical things, like they need to be addressed, but really to sustainably create our energy, that relationship to ourselves and how we relate to ourselves. So how? when I looked in the mirror and I saw that face looking back at me, I set out on a mission to uncover the answer to the question of finding myself, right? How do I get in alignment with myself? How do I put my feet back on the ground in some steady, stable way that makes me feel proud of who I am instead of walking around with my head down, right? And really, I found that there's a number of ways to do this. But when I felt really lost the first thing I did because you know when you feel lost your mind just loops like you can't confidently conclude anything because there's always another scenario there's always another variable and you're running it all through your mind and the thing that I did at that time because I couldn't figure out what was real and true like in all of those loops I started really basic 
Like I bought, I went to Staples, I bought myself mirror markers and I started writing down, I started asking myself, like I looked in the mirror because that's where it all started. I looked in the mirror and I asked myself, like, what do I know to be undeniably true in this moment? Like, okay, I am here. Like I am breathing. I, you know, like simple things. And it looking at it that way, like in reverse. So moving out of this like conceptual, all these loops, like these general loops that we go on that are largely fear-based and, you know, can leave us in uncertainty. I started asking, um, you know, much more specifics. Like, um, I know that this makes me feel energized. I know that this makes me feel tired. Like the things that I could say, anything I could say with confidence is what I would write down. Because then it started to build a foundation of things that I knew to be true, right? So when I was really, really at that point of feeling lost, that was a pivotal thing of centering me into myself again when I would see those words on the mirror and say yes okay there's like there's one rock like there's one brick in the foundation um and then you know we start to be able to when we notice those bricks we start to be able to place a little bit more weight on it and test it out stand on it a little bit more base a couple decisions on it so to, how do we actually then tune into our internal metrics, not the external ones, and start to place weight on that? I like to relate this to shopping, to be very honest. You know when you go shopping? Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I'm like, you know what, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not really a big shopper at all, but I certainly like real sort of life, because um, I use metaphors yeah, all the time example. to yeah. explain difficult concepts yes so. truth truth my truth i hate shopping but it's a good metaphor so let's say you have to go to some event right and you want to look good you want to feel good and you go you know sally down the street she bought this dress she said she got it at winners and you're like okay i'll go to winners so you go to winners and you're like uh shuffling through the rack and um it doesn't matter where you go in this analogy but you you know you put one on you're like eh all right like it's cheap it's reasonable it's okay try another one similar you're like okay I've got these two options and buy one get one free it could work but then you get to the dress that you put it on and you're like uh-huh like you stand up a little bit straighter you look in the mirror and you can smile at yourself you feel that like hell yes in this dress right and go with the analogy, because some of us struggle with feeling that way in a dress, but let's just go with the analogy yeah. of whatever the circumstance may be, um, the difference between being like, it's okay, or eh, it'll work, and hell yes. Like when we navigate our life and we're looking at it as like, is this a, is this a hell yes? Because if not, it's a no. That changes how we relate to things entirely. Then it's not like, it's a maybe, we're going to try this if we start really paying attention to what feels like a hell yes in our life and then start doing more of that, that is one of the ways that we can start to really actually get in touch with ourselves. Right. And, um, you know, I talked a little bit about feminine and masculine characteristics too, but when we examine where we're placing that weight, where we're placing the value of things, we can start to then recognize, um, the default ways that we're placing value on things and then consciously begin to navigate and recognize 
the things of value where we weren't placing value before. Those are, those are a couple of the ways. Oh, that I think those are amazing suggestions because, you know, I, I guess the, you know, the hardest part is usually taking that first step because there's mm-hmm. just so many options and so many things. And I, I think people just get confused in, in the too many options. And I think what you've suggested is breaking it down to the most, like to the lowest common denominator, like bring it down to the most basic things, which is what do I know to be true in this moment right now? I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. it's so simple yet. I bet it's challenging. It's going to be challenging to, to try to think in that most basic way because we don't yeah. we don't do it yeah it's exercising it right like it's it's building up that muscle and we really do have to build up that muscle and you know i think that what's most important in whatever strategy you take whether you resonate with these or you have something else that you feel led to try is that it's tangible and it's doable for you that you can do it enough that over the long time the little things that you do consistently make the biggest difference in your world you if you set some lofty goal that you know that it's going to take so much energy to sustain you're gonna you know you might sustain it for a long time but it's not going to be long-term sustainable it's just it's just going to be the the next thing you burn out from exactly exactly yes so that's why i feel it's so important and when i'm working with my clients i feel it's so important to start with something very basic very foundational and doable, like something tangible and doable that they can start feeling right away in order to be able to move to that next level and get there consistently without feeling like they're failing. Right. Yeah, that makes uh, a lot of sense. So you're in the mirror, you're looking at yourself, you're not liking what you see, but there's this burning desire to make a change. And so you mentioned your vision and your mission. I thought maybe we could dive a little bit more into what is your mission now and what is your vision now that you know more of yourself and how to get mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Now I can't shut up about it because because <laughs> <laughs> the difference that I feel is like night and day. Like, and I, you know, sometimes I flash back to that moment and then I look at where I am now and I feel so much like burning compassion towards that woman that I saw in the mirror. And because, and because I see it so pervasively in my practice and in women around it, I just, I can't, (laughs) I can't stop talking about it. I just want, I want women to be able to take steps to tune into their value to tune into their truth to be able to show up as the compassionate warriors that this world needs right um so i really it's, <sighs> I, my, my mind races when i talk about it because i get so chat and like but, how how amazing is that feeling right to to feel so passionate about something and wanting to share that with the world like mm-hmm. you know that like I'm feeling very drawn in. Like I almost want to like lean into the microphone because that energy is, um, is so welcoming and it's like, Oh, I, I want to be around that. Okay. Tell me more. Yeah. 
Tell it's us contagious, more. right? Yeah. It's contagious. And when you put that out in the world and when your clients come in and when you support them and you see their transformation, when you see them able to, you know, wake up not dreading the day, not just thinking about where's the coffee and when can I go to bed, but when you see them getting up, feeling excited and ready for their day, not overwhelmed, exhausted and like, oh God, can I do this kind of thing? But actually able to like wake up, spend the day with their family enjoy their time with their family, navigate those meltdowns and feel like, okay, you know, that was, that was, that was challenging, but that was productive. I didn't lose my shit. Right. Um, and then at the end of the day, still having like, even if you are tired at the end of the day, just to even have that thought go through your mind that, Hey, maybe I could be intimate with my partner. Like that, that, that is what I want for, <laughs> for my women. Right. Um, so I mean, I work with moms who are tired, who are just tired of being tired and who feel done. And we take a very tangible three-tier approach to rebuild their energy, supporting them on the level of their body, like the physical non-negotiables that are going to give them enough gusto to be able to um, implement some systems that are going to save them their mental energy and um, stop leaking so much energy. Because when we can't, when we don't have some systems in place we just we repeat things we waste energy and those things are like I said earlier on so so very essential but in order to maintain and sustain any of those things consistently over time we really took we really explore that relationship to ourselves, right our truth and creating that um that relationship to ourselves so that we know where our line is and we can most certainly stand on that line with abundant compassion knowing that when we say no to somebody it is the kindest thing that we can do for the world because then it's not nice to say yes when we can't actually follow through with something in the way that we feel proud of and then when we have a circumstance where we know that our answer is a hell yes we show up like we show up and that feels amazing and that is contagious and it gives permission to the women around us in our world to do the same and can you like can you feel the difference of what that would feel like in your life if that's how you were showing up yeah uh, I'm, I'm vibrating. yes, yes. I, okay. I, I, I was gonna say I, I feel like uh you know like there's like this burning little fire in the middle of my chest like yes absolutely yes. yeah like I want yes. more of that who doesn't right? want more of that who energy doesn't? right yeah totally totally we, we all want to show up in a way that we feel proud of and have the kind of impact in our world that we, yeah, that makes us feel good, right? And there's, there's a lot of things to balance and figure out. It's not easy, life is messy, but there's a way, like there's a way, and we can't do it alone. Yeah, well, absolutely agreed. So mm -hmm. let's talk about the feminine energy code. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, I can tell you some more <laughs> specific questions. I kind of went through it a little bit, but, um, when our women come in, we really start, um, with coming off and ask me something if I'm missing what you're, yeah, what you're yeah, 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 for sure. but when our women come in, we really start by, by supporting them and understanding what is the most tangible, most doable way that they can support their physical energy right now. And we're not talking about like, now you have to cook everything from scratch. Like the understanding that you need to be able to eat nutritionally, 
to balance your cortisol, your insulin, so that you have steady energy over the day and so that you can rest well at night. Not some restrictive fancy diet, but the doable, tangible fundamentals. Same thing with physical activity. How do we know when we are burning ourselves out through our physical activity versus fueling ourselves? And how can we do some form of movement that's going to support our energy in the long term, doably, tangibly, that's supporting our relationship to ourselves and supporting really that, like our relationship to ourselves through our exercise, not creating some lofty goal that we can't sustain, but getting real and true with ourselves. Like these are some of the, the ways that we navigate, right? And systems, like how does our brain work? Like, how does our brain work? How can we work with our brain or so that our brain works for us instead of losing energy in all the decisions? We do things like um, habit stacks, simple things. You've got a habit you do every day. Let's tag one thing on it that you want to do for your energy so that it becomes automatic, happens on default. Don't have to think about it, right? Things like that that are going to save, save energy all along the line, like a plethora of things like that as well but we look in our relationship to ourselves and how do we tune into that personal truth how did we get here like what is the history i mentioned the feminist movement we go back as far as looking at how our culture as women has been shaped through the history of the witch hunts and moving into the feminist movement and it's not about playing the victim and pointing fingers at the villain it's about understanding the stories that we tell ourselves so that we can get to the bottom of those Stories break them apart and find the truth in them so that we're not acting reactively out of these, these stories, these loops, right? And we're not being, we're not falling victim to that, that voice in our heads, that internal critic, right? Um, when we understand, I think, the history of that, our current society and that, and our truth in the midst of that totally changes the way that we can show up and, and prioritize and, um, what was the word now time ownership how we can own our time in a way that's in alignment with ourselves and that that feeling like showing up in alignment with yourself that that's where your true sustainable energy comes from right but we got to get you feeling a little better before you can do that work right right and and so that's what i you know so i asked you know the question about the feminine energy code from the perspective of okay so this is this your approach is this your designed program like if women are looking for this you know where are they going to find your program where are they going to find you and how do they access you know this particular approach that you take to helping women get in alignment yes so yes you're correct that this program is the program that um, myself and my business partner, Erin Weeb, she's a naturopathic doctor as well, have crafted to address exactly this problem because we've used um, the strategies that I've talked about in our naturopathic practice for some time. And we just kept on seeing it over and over and over and over again. And we wanted to make this accessible to women um, and to women in a group context. So they have that support and accountability and in a way that we can be supporting them you know, weekly, like on a live weekly call. So they can, you know, ask questions, have a conversation, like we can work through some of the roadblocks and the things that come up along the way. And the best place to find information about that and to find us is uh, through Soul Spark Sisterhood is our handle on Facebook and on Instagram. 
And we'd most certainly love if you like what we're talking about to have you join our free Facebook community. We are always in there. We're always, um, you know, answering questions and um, sharing lots of free information and stories. And it's just such a loving, warm community. I can't tell you how many people say when they come, like, I feel heard, like I feel supported. And that just, that lights me up from the inside out. So um, yeah, we'd love to have anyone who feels drawn to that be a part of that community. Yeah. And again, you know, it's a common theme that I seem to you know, be having with my podcast guests on the show that, you know, the community part um, can also be fuel totally for us to make the, you know, make the changes, right? Because changes can, can be challenging, right? Like yeah. there are things that are going to come up and when you have that compassion and that support, um, it doesn't take the challenge away, but it makes it easier for us to walk through it when you, when we feel supported. Yes. Right. Yes. The so. best, the best, best thing I had when I was a new mom was being part of this Facebook group of new moms that some I knew, some I didn't, the new community who all had babies at the same time. And it was not because anyone did anything for me, but it was because at four months I was like, is everyone experiencing this? And everyone comes back. Yes, 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 yes. Like over here, me too. Um, you know, and you just having, it didn't make it any different in my actual physical day to day, but it totally changed my experience of what I was experiencing, like what I was going through at the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think that's a common a very common thing I'm sure in your practice, but also in mine, you know, um, women come in and they have this problem and they feel like they're the only one having this problem yeah. because nobody's talking about it, right? Everybody's experiencing it. Nobody's talking yeah. about it. And so you feel alone, isolated, and then you begin to question if there's something wrong with you, uh, mm -hmm. that you're experiencing this when really in fact, um, you know, although people may experience it very differently, there are common things to people's stories that can connect us and help us make it through. 100%. 100%. We've curated community in our society for autonomy, and that's not a bad thing. But when we isolate, like when we live in our silos and when we're not engaged so deeply in community, the way that we really develop as humanity, we feel like we're the only one. And then we're afraid, right? We're afraid to be real with how we're feeling because we're not all living in the same house, seeing all the realness all the time. So yeah. we feel like we're alone. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a huge reason why we feel like bringing our work into a space where we can support women as a community and um, you know, individually as needed, but largely in a community is so powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we're, you know, we're better together, you know, yeah. as corny as that may sort of sound, but it's, it's, you know, I, I really see this as a common thread that if we can kind of help and support each other, um, you know, we can make it through mm -hmm. and, yeah. you know, connect not only to ourselves, but to a deeper purpose of why we are all here. Mm -hmm. Right. Why are we here? 
but that's a topic for another for yeah. another time. Yeah. So, um, so for the next hour, we'll be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe another podcast. Uh, you know, discussion we'll have in the future. But uh, you know, for for today, we'll we'll kind of yeah. leave that existential question. Um, you know, in horizon. a box. Yep. <laughs> on the horizon. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that. But, you know, I think this was a very important discussion to have. And I so sensed your passion when you and I kind of talked uh, about this, that I was like, I wouldn't be doing a service mm. to the community if I didn't, you know, share this and create a platform mm. where uh, we can communicate this message out to the people who need to hear it. Oh, that gives me goosebumps, Madeline. I'm so honored to be here and be a part of your podcast and to be part of your movement in supporting the women in our world and the humans in our world, right? Like yeah. the, it's just in raising, in raising our humanity and, and lifting, lifting up, lifting up. Yeah. Yep. And bringing more awareness and, you know, and then people can decide what they do sort of from there, right? We will bring the message and we hope that it inspires you to take action in your life. And, uh, you know, we hope that you learn and feel like you're not alone, right? Yes. Hearing yeah. other stories um, is helpful to not feel alone. So I want to thank you for sharing yours because, you know, it's, you know, it's hard to share it out to the universe, right? It, it takes a, a lot of you know, courage. And so mm -hmm. I appreciate all my podcast guests having the courage to come on and share their story. So I'm very appreciative of it and want to just thank you so much. Well, thanks so much for having me, Madeline. And to our listeners, before you go, I will have all of the contact info um, in the show notes, which you can access on our website, ecophysio.com forward slash videos. We do have a tab on our homepage for the podcast and all the episodes are there and all the details on how to contact uh, and just the information about the show can be found there. And so we want to thank our listeners for listening and we look forward to connecting with you next time. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.